Well, hey, everyone, as I said, it's so good to see you. So glad to be with you today. And uh, I'm excited about our service today. We are uh, wrapping up our series, Holy Habits. And as we go into 2019, we wanted to make sure that we all encourage each other to build our life on the right foundation as we go through this year. We want to build some habits that will help us to stay close to God, that will help us to grow spiritually, that will help us to be more like Christ. And we all know that our habits make us. They shape us into the people we become, right? I mean, I I can hide it a little bit because I'm tall, but they shape us, you know? Our habits shape us. But I want you to know I'm trying to develop some new habits this year. I went to my doctor. He said I needed to lose some weight. And so I used to watch golf on TV. But because my doctor told me I needed more exercise, now I'll watch tennis. (laughs) And I've been in ministry nearly 35 years. I've been in ministry nearly 35 years, and that's not bad for a 40-year-old. And there have been a lot of joys. There have been a lot of joys and meaningful moments in my 35 years of ministry. But there's been a lot of heartbreak, a lot of hardship, a lot of struggles as well. See, I believe when you fully commit to live for Jesus, that you have a target on your back. And Satan's going to do whatever he can to discourage you and get you off track and try to get you to fall. And there's one habit that's really helped me to keep going over these 35 years, through the hard times and through the good times. There's one habit that sustained me through the tough times. There's one habit that's helped me to to stay focused and connected with God, and that's a devotional time. It's taken a few minutes each day to read God's Word, to pray, to listen to Him, to hear God speak to me. And I've used a lot of different Bible study methods, a lot of different devotional methods, but the one that's been the most powerful for me in my life is the SOAP method that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Now, I just want to give you a quick reminder because we've been through this, but SOAP is just a basic acronym to help you to remember that the, you want to, as you read through your passage for the day, you want to look for the scripture, the S, the scripture that speaks to you. And then you write an O, a couple sentences about your observation, what's going on in this passage in that, that you're reading. And then very importantly, it's not just enough to know what it's about, but what's your application? That's your A, application. And then P, you write a short prayer. And some of you are going, man, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to write a lot of things down. Listen, we're just asking you to write a half of a page, just to get a little half-page notebook or journal. Write it down. There's something powerful about writing something down that helps you keep your mind engaged on what you're reading and what you're thinking about. Because I'm going to be honest with you guys, I'm, I'm pretty simple. And if I just read through a passage, a lot of times I can read through my passage and pray, and that was nice, but 15 minutes later, I can't quite remember what I read. It's not because I'm old, it's just because I'm simple, all right? <laughs> and this has really helped me just to take a little time to journal and write some things down, because something about the power of writing it out will help you to remember. And then you can capture it. And at later, you'll have the opportunity, you can share that with someone else. Maybe you'll, you'll be in, have an opportunity, somebody's in, having some struggles or challenges, and you'll have a chance to share with them. Now, I want to let you know that we have some new life journals in. You can pick one up in the lobby after the service for a suggested donation of our cost is just $6. You can pick one of those up, it'll help you. But I also sent out a church-wide email last Sunday with some simple instructions of how to do your soap. If you're not sure how to do that, maybe you didn't get the email. Maybe you need to check your spam. Maybe Crossroads emails are going right in your spam, and that really hurts. (laughs) Really hurts. 
Maybe some of you, we don't have your email address. Maybe you need to give us your email address on your communication card. But if you need that, you can write on your card right now. Just write SOAP instructions, and we'll make sure that we send that to you this week. And here's the beautiful thing. I mean, it is so hard. It is so hard to stop doing a bad habit and to start a new habit. I mean, why is it so hard? To, why, why are bad habits so easy and good habits so hard? It's tough. But here's the good news. If you will make a consistent effort to connect with God and allow him to, to speak to you and you will choose to obey him and follow him, do you know what he promises? He promises you his spirit inside your life, his Holy Spirit, to help you to make the changes that you need to make because you and I can't do it on our own. He'll help you. He'll, he'll produce fruit in your life, and one of those fruits is self-control, and I know we all could use a little more self-control. So real quick, I just want to hit a couple tips about habits. First, start where you are. If you've never read the Bible before in your life, don't start trying to read five or six chapters a day. That's not, gonna, that's not a good plan. Start small. I was uh, listening to a friend of mine shared a story last week, a friend named Andy, and he, was, he told this story about running... He was going to run a half marathon. And so he went to the store and he asked the salesman, I need to get some shoes to run this half marathon. And the guy asked him, well, how far are you running right now? And he said, about two miles a day. And he's, the salesman asked him, when's your half marathon? And he said, oh, about nine or ten weeks. And he said, you're in trouble because you can't get there that fast. He said, what you need to do is you need to run three or four miles for two or three weeks. You just need to start where you are and take it up just a little bit. And then you need to re re run four or five miles for two or three weeks. And then you need to run five or six miles for two or three weeks. So start where you are. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Habits start small. I read the Bible through in a year before, and it's a lot. I can't digest it all personally. So I like to read about a chapter a day. Now, if I read through a chapter and I don't get a whole lot out of that, maybe it's one of those chapters where it's a lot of begats, you know those? So I might read two or three that day till I get to something a little more uh, impactful for my life. But start where you are, start small, and then, you know, be consistent. Just, if you just do a little bit, do, but do it every day. Consistency matters more than the quantity. And then don't do it alone. That's why we're trying to do this together as a church family, because we know in isolation, it's very hard to make a change. With God's help and other people, we're trying to encourage you for these, these few weeks here together to do this. So we're asking you together as a church to read through the book of Luke together. So right now, we're, we're reading the day, you know, that corresponds with the day of the, the month that we're on. So today, you know, we're reading the Luke 19, and the next day, Luke 20. And when we get to the end of Luke, we're asking you to follow on the reading plan in the Life Journal. So you just start reading Acts, one chapter a day. So when you get to the end of Luke, you start reading Acts. And that's why our life groups are doing soaps together. They're sharing together for a few weeks to help reinforce this habit to do it together. Now, I've, I've led life groups, and we've done soaps before, and a lot of times people are very resistant. I know none of you would do that. <laughs> Nobody in Hayward or Fremont would do that, right? But some, some of you would be very resistant. And I was in one life group with my friend Pam Thompson. She's a leader at, at the Hayward campus, and I was leading this group, and Pam was my apprentice. I wanted her to take this group over in a few months, and we started doing soaps, and man, you never heard so much complaining and griping. Not, not Pam, the other rest of the group members. <laughs> oh, this is so hard. We don't want to do this. Why do we have to do this? And I said, guys, just stick with it for a few weeks. You'll get, it'll become easier to you. Keep 
with it. Keep going. So a few weeks passed, they started really sharing. And the beautiful thing is everybody would show up and share one soap from the week. And so they're all teaching us. I, I mean, they would say things, and I would write it down and say, I'm going to steal that, and I'm going to use it in a message. And I'm not going to put your name to it. I'm just going to tell them. <laughs> and we share when we learn from each other. And so some time passed. I, I passed off the leadership of the group to Pam. A few months went by, and the whole church was doing the 40 Days of Purpose campaign. So we asked all our groups to stop doing what they were doing and do the 40 Days of Purpose. You know what? That group was so mad at me. We don't want to stop doing our soaps. How could you make us do this? So just trust me. If you give it a little time, don't give up too soon. Stick with it consistently. You will, it will become a tool that will really bless you. Now, last week, you got to hear from some of our council members, and uh, we have a wonderful church council, 10 members who, uh, who God's gifted and called. They help lead us and help guide us, share their wisdom. And tonight, uh, today, we get to hear from a few more, and so I wanted you to hear from some of our council members today, regular people just like you and me. And so, so first, I want to invite Angela Hudak to come on up. Well, Angela, would you welcome Angela? And... Uh, Angela and her husband, Jeff, they started attending Crossroads about 17 or 18 years ago, right after I, I came here. Yep. So they've had to put up with me for a long time. So feel sorry for Angela right now, okay? And I love Angela and Jeff. Uh, they have a beautiful family. They have two beautiful children, Tabitha and Silas. And they've, they've served all over the church. In fact, right now, they lead a group in Dublin on Thursday night. So if any of you live over that way or you work over there, talk to Angela after the service because you can get connected with their life group. But uh, Angela, I just wanted you to share this. You know, when you, what brought you to Crossroads? How did you wind up coming here? Well, I had a friend, Michelle Matthews, and we are in Mary Kay together. And in Mary Kay, they teach us to put God first in our business. So about a year into my business, I asked her, how am I supposed to put God first? I don't even know who he is. And she said, come check out my church. You only have to come one time. If you hate it, you never have to come back. So I came and I tried it and I liked it. So you started off coming just to get her off your back about church, and then you really liked it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be honest, right? Yeah. And then you brought your boyfriend, Jeff, who you were living with, right, at the time, and yes. you brought Jeff along, and uh, you guys both started coming, and it, uh, somewhere along the way, you gave your life to Christ, and you were challenged to, to live your life completely for Christ, and you came to a point where you felt a little stuck, and so I, th I think you had a conversation with Pastor Paul? Yes, so I wanted to grow my relationship with Christ. I asked Paul, like, I'm feeling this barrier. What do you think it is? And he said, I think it's because you're living with your boyfriend. And I was surprised, like, oh, really? <laughs> I had no idea. So he gave me a few options that I could explore. And one was maybe we could move, one of us could move back into our parents' house for a little while till we got married. And the second option was one of us could sleep on the couch maybe for a little while. And the other option was maybe we could just get married sooner. So I kind of laughed at Paul, and I went home and told Jeff about it, and we laughed at him together. And we prayed about it, and we decided to get married sooner. And, you know, I had the blessing of being at your wedding. I remember it was a Saturday night. Right after the service, you invited everybody to stay, and you guys had a, a small, simple, but beautiful and meaningful ceremony there. We had cake. And then a few months later, you had your big wedding that you'd been planning. So I was so proud of you guys for taking that step of obedience. And I, I think God's really blessed your life. And so I'm looking forward to hearing from you and what you have to share with us as you've been reading God's word. Okay, thank you. So my soap is titled Give to Not Receive. 
in the scripture is do not invite your friends, your brothers, or your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. And that's Luke 14, 12 through 14. My observation is God is more pleased with us when we do things with no intention or expectation to receive anything in return. And my application is when I do good deeds in situations where I will likely not be repaid or even recognized knowingly, God is more pleased. I may not receive blessings or praise here and now, but God will bless me in eternity. And my prayer is, dear God, thank you for the opportunities, the heart, and the desire to help others. Please forgive me when I become selfish or even slightly hopeful that I will be rewarded here on earth. And please keep my heart generous as I look forward to your satisfaction of my actions and your blessings as a result. I'm so grateful for you. I love you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. I'm so proud of how God's using Angela and Jeff and that they took that step of faith and obedience. And I'm excited. Next, you're going to hear from Kurt Alber. So Kurt's going to be joining us here. Would you welcome Kurt? And... Uh, Kurt and Mary are those kind of people that just everyone loves. I don't know what it is about them. They're just so lovable. And uh, Kurt, how long ago did you come to Crossroads? Uh, it's been nine years. Nine years. And, uh, you know, I remember when you first came here, I met you, and you were just passing through, and you weren't planning to stay here. Would you share a little bit about what, what happened? Why did you just, you know, what was going on, and why did you decide to stay? Yeah, God has a good sense of humor. Oh, I'll tell him. Uh, yeah, we, uh, my incredible wife, Mary, we... Uh, visiting Eureka Springs, Arkansas, a little town in the Ozarks, gorgeous town, and their claim to fame was that they were the marriage capital of the world. They did 6,000 weddings there a year. Almost only did more was Vegas. That was it. So Mary and I saw that and saw all these people running in, getting married and taking off, and we really felt God talking to us that it should be more than just getting married. There should be some education. There should be some way to get God involved in those marriages so that they last long and they stay strong. So because of her amazing love and <laughs> for me, I love my wife, um, she committed to a 12-year plan that we were going to go out and get set up, buy some property, go back and build a church, build some cottages, and then help marriage encounters so that those marriages would be blessed. And that's what we planned on doing. And we got here, and this was our last stage, our last year for that plan. And we were walking to here because we found it on the Internet and found out that it was going to be our place. We felt like home. Uh, and leave it up to Paul. He said, well, you know, if you're going to build a church in Arkansas, you could build one right here. We're just starting a building campaign. So that's how we started. Now, you didn't, you and Mary didn't go home and laugh at Paul, did you, like Angela? <laughs> no, I think okay. he laughed at us. All right. Okay, good. Okay. Well, um, Kurt, you've been such a blessing to our church. A lot of people don't know there's more to your story. Mary was a travel nurse, and you were retired and uh, do little side jobs. But you came here, and because of Mary's job and her support and uh, uh, of what you were doing, you felt led by God to, to be our supervisor, our church supervisor, during the construction of this church. And you were here for three years every day. You were here more than most of the people we were paying. You were here as a volunteer because your wife backed you on that and helped make that possible, right? And uh, a lot of you don't know that, but we wouldn't be in this building today if it wasn't for Kurt and Mary Alber. And, they're, and I want you to know that kind of embarrasses Kurt a little bit, but I want you to know that because Kurt used his gifts and his abilities, Mary used her, her gifts, supported him, and Kurt has helped provide this facility, and we're not about building a building, but this is a great tool that we have as a, as a base for our church to help launch campuses, to be a place where we can meet, where we can share Christ's love, 
And so God has used Kurt because he and Mary love God and they love you. And so I know God's going to speak to us through Kurt and his soap. So thank you. Thanks. Hi, guys. So the name of my soap I titled Forgiveness. The scripture was Luke 15, 31, 32. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was lost and now is found. The observation I had was I'm a father. I can relate to how the father felt as he dealt with the same situation, but two different reactions from each of his sons. The younger son, while realizing that he's paying the price of selfishness, he needed to go home, ask for forgiveness, and rely on his father's unconditional love. The older son's response was just the opposite. He was bitter and resentful instead of rejoicing that his lost brother was found. His response made him just as lost as his father as his younger brother had been. The application, I want to make sure that I don't let anything keep me from forgiving others. Nothing. If I refuse to forgive others, I miss a perfect opportunity to experience joy and share it with them. In addition, I need to continue to reach out to the lost so that I can rejoice like the angels in heaven when they come home to the Lord. My prayer is, Lord, help me by giving me the strength to forgive. Constantly remind me that we have all sinned repeatedly and there's no way apart from Christ to be saved from sin's consequences. Amen. I'm John Matthews. I'm on the church council here at Crossroads. That simple statement alone is enough to prove that God is in the miracle business and that His grace and forgiveness is literally for everyone. Uh, I started my life as an evil little fool. Uh, I, found, I was a foul-mouthed uh, vandal who cared only about himself. Uh, I would sneak out at night and terrorize my neighborhood. My friends and I almost succeeded in burning someone's house down. And then I got out of elementary school. And I, yeah, that was all before 12. And then I continued on that trajectory. I'm going to skip the details because I don't actually know what the statute of limitations are for some of those crimes. So I'm just going to leave the list right there. Uh, honestly, the, the worst part wasn't being evil. It was being the fool. That's what really bugs me. Uh, after meeting and marrying my awesome wife, I became partially domesticated. So uh, a little less evil, but still a fool. Now, not a, not a fool in the sense that I couldn't get anything right. Um, I did have a great job, as I said. I had an awesome wife. I had started a family. Uh, it was going pretty good by the world standards, I would say. Uh, the problem was that I really didn't see the big picture, and I didn't know what I wanted out of life. Uh, the Roman philosopher Seneca said, you know, there's really no good wind direction for a sailor who doesn't know where he's going. <laughs> now, how do you know if the things that are happening in your life are good if you don't even know what your purpose is. In Ecclesiastes 1.14, it says, I have seen all the things done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Uh, and in Proverbs 26.11, excuse me for this one, as a dog returns to his vomit, so fools repeat their folly. You know, I had dogs growing up. I have a disturbingly clear picture of what that verse means. And I was living it. So the two most foolish things I did, I tried to find happiness doing the things that I thought were making other people happy, but I never asked those people if they were happy or what made them happy. And I also didn't hang around many Christians, so I never had the opportunity for anyone to tell me that Jesus makes me happy. Probably would have ignored them anyway, because I was busy chasing the wind. 
the second thing that was foolish is I never asked the question, why am I here? You know, in our alpha group, we talk about this cake analogy. If I, if I were to show you a cake, science could tell you what the ingredients are in the cake and how if you mix them together and produce some, or put some heat to that, you will produce a cake. And what they can't tell you is, well, who made that cake and who did they make it for and why? And life is exactly like that. Now, I still don't know how my wife, Michelle, got me to come to Crossroads, probably the same way she got Angela to come. Yeah, that's the same Michelle. Um, yeah, just come one time. But uh, believe me, her faith can move mountains. Uh, but just getting me here wasn't enough. It took prayer and evangelistic fire to reach me. In Isaiah 48:4, it says, For I knew how stubborn you were. Your neck muscles were iron and your forehead was bronze. You know, people come to Crossroads all the time. They say, hey, God spoke to me. He spoke to me too. He said, you are a stubborn fool with a stiff neck and a thick head. And he was right. So I'm so blessed that Crossroads is in the business of leading seekers to love Christ, love others, and live life on purpose. And in Ecclesiastes, the teacher finally concludes that obeying God is the answer. But how can you obey someone that you're not even close to? Growing closer to God by getting into His Word every day has changed everything for me and made it meaningful. You know, I, I was reading in uh, uh, Luke 19 today, I did my, my soap on the verse where he's talking about Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus because all his followers in the way. And I kind of think of our alpha group that way. It's, it's our way of uh, lifting people up so they don't see me, they see the real Jesus. So if you want to get answers to life questions, you have answers of your own, or you just want to see the real Jesus, I encourage you to join our life group. That's going to be on Wednesday night starting in February. Uh, on the other hand, if uh, that verse about neck muscles like iron, if that sounded good to you, well, you should join the Spartan group because we'll make all of your muscles like iron. Thank you. Thanks so much, John. Thank you for sharing. And uh, hey, we have one last council member for you, for you to hear from today, and that's Jeffra Busman. Would you welcome Jeffra? And Jeffra is one of our newest council members. Uh, she's served in another church as an, a church elder in the past. She has a lot of wisdom, experience. Uh, she lives in Hayward, and she leads a life group there for ladies, if anybody's looking for a, a group there that is a woman. And uh, she also has some game nights in her home. Can you tell, what, who are these game nights for? Um, pretty much anybody who really likes to play games and um, wants to hang out with other people who like to play games. So, All right, they're so, pretty open. <laughs> so Jeffra, obviously, she likes to have fun. And she works at Cal State East Bay. Uh, she's a tenured faculty member there. She's a science librarian. Mm -hmm. That's kind of intimidating. He sounds a lot smarter <laughs> and uh, more educated. So it makes me a little nervous. I fooled him well. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, I want to ask you, you know, what brought you to Crossroads and why did you decide to stay? Well, um, my friend Sarah married into this church by way of Arthur Tam. And uh, she sort of invited me to tag along. And really, I stayed because this church has a genuine and generous love relationship with God. And um, not only that, it has a strong, active, beating heart for seekers. And I really needed to be challenged in that way. We really appreciate that about you. And there's one other thing I really admire about you, Jeffra. About a year ago... Um, Jeffra felt like that the church was maybe a little over-focused on couples and families, and, 
and she had some concerns about our singles in the church. And what I'm proud of her about is instead of griping to other people or getting mad at us or just leaving the church, she set up an appointment with Pastor Karen and myself. She came to that meeting. It was, she wasn't accusatory. She brought some very good perspective and information. And, you know, we love our singles here at Crossroads, but sometimes we get blind spots. And she, she said, hey, we need to be conscious that, hey, we're a church for everyone. And we want our singles to feel at home here, feel like this is part of their extended family. And I just appreciate that you didn't let Satan get a foothold, but you work to uh, pr protect the unity of the church and to help us, to help us grow and be more aware. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your soap with us. Yeah. Um, these soaps have been a wonderful time of growing intimacy with God and very inspirational, so I'm very glad to share. Uh, I titled mine Basic Obedience, and it's from Luke, Luke 17:10. So you too, when you have done everything you were commanded to do, should say, we are slaves undeserving of special praise. We have only done what was our duty. My observation was that we should not expect special praise for doing what is our responsibility, our duty, or what was commanded for us to do. We should understand our humble position, our identity, and where our true value comes from, being loved by God and saved by Jesus. My application uh, was that I might expect praise for the smallest basic task and feel frustrated or unappreciated when I don't receive it. I think our culture um, of entitlement encourages me to perceive situations this way. Um, I also need to acknowledge that being obedient is the basic level of commitment. God calls me to grow beyond the basic. So my prayer was, dear Lord God, thank you for giving my life meaning, and value. In humility, may I remain obedient. I seek to know you more and grow beyond the basics of obedience. With the love of Jesus, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffra. And I hope you've enjoyed hearing from different council members. You know, when people ask what kind of church we are, sometimes people call the church office and say, what kind of church is Crossroads? We're a Christ-centered, Bible-based church. And we want you to have a Bible-based life that's based on the foundation of Christ and His Word. And so we're doing everything we can to give you the tools to help you to stay connected to Christ, to grow to become more like Him in, throughout this year, and so that you can feed yourself and grow. You've got the tools. Now, so you've got to make a decision. You know, as we, we have a time now where we get to worship God, we give back to Him through our offerings. You know, some of you here tonight, maybe you don't have that relationship with Christ yet. You're still trying to figure it out. And if that's you, we're so glad you're here. I hope you'll check out that Alpha group. Maybe someone here tonight, you want to make that decision. You want to say, you know what? I do believe this. I don't understand it all, but I want to put my faith and trust in Christ. I need a better foundation in my life because what I'm building my life on isn't working. And if that's you tonight, you can just pray. God will know your heart. He'll understand where you're at. For many of us, we're here and we're convinced and we're following Christ. But the truth is we're letting the world pull us away. And we're not faithfully building our life on Christ and his word. And I want to challenge you to make a decision today. To say with God's help, 
with my church's help, with my life group's encouragement, I'm going to read God's word every day because I want to be more like Jesus. So would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you. Thank you that you loved us enough to leave the comforts and glories of heaven to come here and live in this broken, sin-filled world and die for us. Help us to truly understand the power of small choices, of, of little habits, of day by day connecting with you, putting our trust and faith in you, reading your word, choosing to obey you as hard as it might be. And Lord, I pray you would grow us, give us a firm foundation, help us to be more like Christ and help us to share that love. God, would it just fill us and flow out of us so that others may know. God, help us, help us to be conscious each day of what our priorities really are and help us to fight for that time with you. You're just waiting on us to come. You're just waiting on us to, to choose to obey you, and you promise to bless us and help us, and we thank you. In Christ's name we pray, amen.